0: hey good morning y'all great to see you today I know some of you might be thinking in-house anyways hey where's the rest of them well we have a whole bunch of folks downstairs today is the very first day that we have opened up for some electives and some classes and equipping groups and they have begun and um, so that's where a number of people are this hour At our 1030 service it's gonna kind of balloon a little bit bigger and we look forward to having those folks in our service but welcome to you welcome to those who are online with us here today let's just take a couple minutes and uh, if you would grab your connection cards that are in the pew or in the seat in front of you and if you're online there's a whole bunch of opportunities whether you're on Facebook or our online program um, through our website or YouTube to be able to um, connect digitally <clears throat> with a connection card. We'd love to hear from you, especially if you have a prayer item or a note for us, please uh, get a connection card, whether digitally or on paper, and, uh, and, and write those down for us if you would. After the service, we have, um, we have our giving boxes that are in the back, and if you would, just fold those up and put them in the giving boxes as you leave. Excuse me. Got some of our autumn, our special autumn uh, allergy stuff going on here right now. So, um, as you're filling those out, here's a couple items for our thoughts here today. Number one, you've heard me say this for a few weeks now September is Missions Month. And we've mentioned uh, a number of our missionaries that we are giving special gifts to to help out for projects well today I want to highlight our Christmas missionary gift every year we love to substantially give to our missionaries so not only will our missions gifts through September go to support two special projects for our missionaries it's also going to help with our missionary Christmas gift And let me tell you, we receive the greatest notes back from our missionaries when they receive these gifts a little bit later on. And and our gifts will be a great help to them and an encouragement to them. So please note that if you're online, there is a Christmas missionary gift tab. and, um, And you can give that way, or else if you give in our giving boxes to our missionaries, make sure you specially note missions gift, and that'll help them. This also is T.C. Cares Month. And it's a month that we partner with other churches and we give to help people in our community to show that we love and care for Traverse City. And so um, online, whether on Facebook or on our website, we have a whole list of items that we can give to T.C. Cares. And there is... A display in the back with a listing of those things as well. We have just a short time to give, so make sure that we load them up with items that we can help people in our community. As noted, we also have our uh, fall ministries that have begun um, downstairs also midweek, and we have brochures that are in the back for all of them to keep tabs with that. And then next Sunday next Sunday we have baptism by the Bay and we are excited about this I was a little more excited two days ago because two days ago said it was gonna be 74 next Sunday then yesterday it was gonna be 71 and then I woke up this morning and checked the weather for next Sunday and it's gonna be 66 this is going in the wrong direction people so we need some prayer We need some big prayer, but next Sunday at this time, we're saying it will be at Bayside Park in Acme at 2 o'clock. Bayside Park in Acme at 2 o'clock. And we have, I believe, a dozen baptismal candidates. Isn't that great? That is fantastic. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that's fantastic. We have a dozen, and most of them are adults. want to go public with their faith and I'm just I'm thrilled for every single one of them so it'll be two o'clock Bayside Park in Acme and if if the temperatures continue to go down five degrees every day as they have been we may change the location to there okay with a heater in it but we'll let you know well enough in advance right now 2 o'clock, Bayside Park in Acme, and we look forward to connecting next Sunday afternoon with that. Hey, I got thinking of um, the things that we renew in our lives. Think about it. What do you renew? I don't know. If you have a computer, you probably renew your your antivirus program. You know, that's something that comes up for renewal, and you renew that. Uh, You probably also would say you renew your auto and homeowner's insurance. That would be something that you renew that comes up on a routine basis. Maybe um, you have a phone contract, and every once in a while you need to renew that, or you get a new phone. I don't know what you have with that. or, um, Or your auto registration. That's something that comes up for renewal every once in a while. I know something that comes up for renewal now for me um, it's every four years here in Michigan it's my driver's license and I just renewed this past this past August on my birthday and so it's four years so mine will come up for renewal on August 2nd 2023 and you know what it's like going to secretary of state huh isn't that a treat if you can do it in one trip it's it's a miracle it's like plumbing you know you just don't do it in one shot but every four years thankfully it's every four years and i can even do it online which is a nice thing but imagine with me would you imagine with me if you had to renew your driver's license catch this every day yeah i heard a groan imagine if you had to renew it every day and you had to renew it in person and in fact everyone had to renew it in person so everyone had to go to the secretary of state every day to renew their driver's license and i'm sure you're thinking oh, i don't even know if i'd want to drive anymore i mean there's got to be a better way let's so say you drive for the day and you you go to bed at night and you wake up in the morning and you have to renew again if you want to drive and the you go to secretary of state of course there's a real conundrum because you have to drive to get there and you have to renew again you drive for the day and you go to bed and you wake up in the morning and you have to renew again and it just seems like over and over and over this, it's like you live to renew your driver's license every day in this system and you get in line and you take your number to get the state's approval For you to drive day after day after day and after a while you'd be saying you know there's got to be a better way there's got to be a better system you know, sign me up for something where I'm approved for life you know I'm tired of this everyday thing sign me up for approval for life and I would do it right now that would be fantastic that would be unbelievable Well, that's the situation that these Jewish people were facing in Hebrews chapter 7. So go ahead and grab your copy of the Scriptures and turn to Hebrews 7. And if you have a hard copy of the Bible, it's toward the end of your Bible, Hebrews 7. If you have your phone or electronic device, type in Hebrews 7 NIV. That's what I'm reading out of today That translation and then we'll all be on the same page here Hebrews chapter 7 this is the situation that the people were in 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 the book of Hebrews what the Jewish people were used to for approval by God was their daily sacrificial system there was a bloodline of priests From the family lineage of Levi, the Levitical priesthood, there were three generations removed from Abraham was Levi. And in the law of Moses, it was established that the sins of the people needed atonement. So they could be approved by God. And this atonement came by the sacrifices of animals on the altar. And and this was a symbol of being punished for their wrong. And so, first, the priests needed a sacrifice for their own sin because the priests were sinners. So, the priests would make a sacrifice for their sin. And then they would offer sacrifices for the people, for their sins. And then everyone would go to bed at night. And then, guess what? Since everyone sinned during the day, you wake up the next morning. And here the priests would make sacrifice for their sins, and then they would make sacrifice for the people's sins. And then they would go to bed at night. And then the next day, guess what? The priests would make sacrifice for their sins and make sacrifice for the people's sins. Just like the Secretary of State daily renewal idea. Every day, every day, they needed a new system they needed a new priest they needed a new sacrifice because this wasn't working folks no one was permanently forgiven accepted and approved this was a band-aid on a broken arm their system was and there is a focal verse in hebrews 7 this is the verse of all verses in hebrews 7 and let me show it to you. It is verse 25. Of all of Hebrews 7, he goes through a tremendous series of arguments, and then he comes to verse 25, and here is where he lowers the hammer. This is his whole argument. And I'm going to give it to you. It is powerful. And I'm going to give it to you to the very beginning of Verse 26 as well. It says this. Therefore, he, speaking of Jesus, is able to save. What does your word next to that say? He's able to save what? Completely or forever or to the uttermost So, therefore, Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. And here's the understatement of eternity such a high priest truly meets our need. What a verse, folks! After this daily renewal, after this every day waking up, the priest does a sacrifice for their sin and then does a sacrifice for the people's sin. Every day, day after day, all of a sudden, Jesus steps on the scene, a new priest, a new sacrifice, a new system, And it says Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives. And he intercedes for them. This is the one who meets our needs. And let me just give you a couple verses, and then we're going to jump into the argument here that the writer of Hebrews gives us. So completely, the word completely here in verse 25 means forever to its entirety and some people see their rescue you know you ask them when were you saved and they'll say you know what i was saved on june 11th 1975 and that's that's when i put my faith and trust in jesus christ as a little kid um, with my mom leading me to understand what jesus did for me on the cross and so you know, some people look at that as a past tense thing. I was saved. Some people look at salvation as a future tense thing. I will be saved when I go to heaven. That's when my rescue is complete. We well, hear this word completely or forever is a present tense word So here's the idea of this. This word, save completely, being in the present tense, it indicates Jesus' work in rescuing and forgiving as a moment by moment by moment, every second of every day of your life, Jesus continues to save and forgive and rescue. There's not a moment of your life that Jesus is not continuing to save and rescue you. He ensures that throughout your entire lifetime, forever, every moment of your life, all the way through your eventual arrival into his presence in heaven, you are entirely rescued and forgiven and accepted by God the Father. Now let me tell you, for the Jewish people that were going through the secretary of state type of redemption, a daily renewal type of idea, this would blow their mind. This would completely torch their whole thoughts of what their sacrificial system was like. And the reason why it was a forever thing is because he always lives. He always lives. And such a high priest meets their need. Always. Jesus meets our need. That's the theme of Hebrews 7. So here's what the theme of Hebrews 7 is. Only Jesus saves completely. Only Jesus saves completely completely would you say it with me only jesus saves only jesus is only jesus and he saves completely okay now i'm going to put you in three arguments that the writer of hebrews gives in hebrews 7 now i'm gonna, i'm just going to tell you up front these are these are pretty technical arguments Hebrews does not read like a letter, okay? It reads more like your mortgage. This is pretty technical stuff. But let me give it to you. So some people say, how do we we get a great high priest in Jesus? How did he deliver this permanent salvation? Well, here's three logical arguments given to us in the text. So number one, here we go. How did God give us a superior priest in Jesus? Number one. He is greater than the Levitical bloodline. He's greater than the Levitical bloodline. This is verses 1 through 10. I'm going to give these to you pretty quickly. 1 through 10 in Hebrews 7. But at the end of Hebrews 6, he kind of teased this up in verse 20. He mentions Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of, and here's our man from a couple weeks ago and last week, Melchizedek. A great high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So what does Melchizedek have to do with this? All the priests came through the line of Levi. Now let me just show you this really quick. Levi was three generations removed from Abraham and then three generations removed from levi was aaron the first priest so six generations removed from abraham was the very first priest now keep that in mind before abraham though abraham connected with melchizedek that we've discussed here the past couple weeks He interacted with Melchizedek back in Genesis 14 that we talked about last week. So let me show you, Jesus is greater than the Levitical priesthood. And here's the the whole argument in Hebrews chapter 7. And I'm just going to give you a few verses. So Jesus is in the line of Melchizedek. He's in the order of Melchizedek, not in that of Melchizedek. The, the Levitical priesthood. So here's a few things about this whole thing. Melchizedek had a few things going for him that Jesus has going for him. So number one, his names. Look at verse two. Abraham gave him a tenth of everything it mentions. First, the name Melchizedek means king of righteousness. And then also king of Salem. Means king of peace. His names, he's got names going for him. So just like Melchizedek, Jesus' name is King of Righteousness. His name means King of Peace. He's the priest of the Most High God. He ranks higher than all the priests because of his names. Let me give you number two under this greater than Levitical bloodline. His position was greater than Abram. Let me show you this. The whole reason he discusses this is in verse 2 and 4. So here people would say, man, Abram was great, and the Levitical priesthood is where we get all of this daily forgiveness from. And he says, you know what? Better than that, Jesus is greater because he's greater not only by his names, but he's greater than Abram because Abram paid a tenth Of all of what he had to Melchizedek so he mentions that in verse 2 Abram gave him a tenth of everything and then verse 4 just think of how great Melchizedek was even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder so Abram gave him honor gave him worship and gave him submission by tithing to Melchizedek, and this is before any priests were on the scene through the Levitical line, and then he was greater than the priests. And here's the argument that that is. If you look down, say, in verse 9 and 10, his position was greater than the priests. And verse 9 and 10 says, one might even say that Levi, who collects the tenth, so all the priests would collect a tenth, But one might say that Levi, who collects the tenth, paid the tenth through Abraham because when Melchizedek met Abraham, Levi was still in the body of his ancestor. Levi wasn't even born yet. So here's this whole argument that everything from Abram, from the Levitical priesthood, all paid homage to Melchizedek. And in that way, The writer of Hebrews says, you know what? Jesus is so much greater than the Levitical bloodline. Here's number two, and I'm going to move through these arguments a little bit quicker. He's greater than the law. He's greater than the law. So follow this. Look at verse 11. I'm going to give you two words. They're similar. In verse 11 and then verse 19. Look at the beginning of verse 11. It says, if perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, And indeed, the law given to the people established that priesthood. Why was there still a need for another priest to come? One in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron. So notice the word perfection. If perfection could have been attained through the priests, and the law set the priests up. Now notice verse 19. The former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless. Notice this, verse 19 for the law made nothing perfect. So here's the two words I want you to see. In verse 11, it mentions perfection. In verse 19, it mentions the word perfect. This is a literary, uh, they're literary bookends at the beginning and at the end of an argument, basically saying that everything in the middle all supports what he's talking about, He's highlighting a main argument that the law was deficient and insufficient to save forever. Like exactly what they were doing, this daily renewal. It's all because the law was insufficient to save forever. It could only do this daily thing. That's all it could do. It was imperfect. It was incapable And so he mentions that the priests needed to make sacrifice for themselves in verse 11, and so therefore it was deficient. And then in verse 18, the law was unable to save. All it did was show people how unlawful they were. And so here he's stating this grand idea That Jesus is not only greater than the Levitical bloodline, he's also greater than the law. He's greater than all of it. And then the third thing. Here's the big argument that comes right down to step us into verse 25. He is greater than death. He's greater than death. Notice verses 23 through 25. He's saying here's the great deficiency of the priests. Here's where this whole thing just breaks down. Here's where it all ends up just crumbling in its ability to care for people and their sins. In verse 23, now there have been many of those priests Many priests have come and gone, and I love this next phrase. Boy, why have they come and gone? Check this out. It's such a a gracious way to put it, since death prevented them from continuing in office. (laughs) What a gracious way to lay it out. Well, death kind of prevented them. They died. Now, Josephus, the first century historian, he wrote, That there were 1,500 years of priesthood. And during that time, it's believed that Israel was served by 83 different high priests. I did the math on it. That's one new priest every 18 years. And they died and the next one come on and they died and the next one come on and guess what they died for 1500 years the priests died but they would come on to keep the sacrifice the sacrificial fires going and then they died and then the next and then the next and then the next and then the next but here's the good news folks and if your if your coffee's just kicking in if you're just starting to percolate if you're just waking up and you realize you're at East Bay Calvary Church and you're wondering how you got here folks this is the big deal because all these priests died you know what our high priest died too but can I tell you something what makes our high priest superior are you sitting down for this verse 24 all of them all those other priests death stopped them from continuing in office they were no longer able to be a priest because they died Look at verse 24. But because Jesus lives forever. Are you with me, gang? Yeah. But because he lives forever, our high priest died too, but you know what? He lives forever. He has a permanent priesthood. This is the big idea. His priesthood never ends. And here's verse 25. It just launches right into it. Therefore, because of all of this, because because he was able to be above the the Levitical priesthood and their bloodline, he's greater than the law, and he's greater than death. He defeated death on that resurrection day. He has a permanent priesthood and therefore he is able to save completely every moment of every day. There's not a moment that you are not forgiven, that you are not accepted by God, that you are not loved by God and approved by God because our high priest didn't just die. He rose from the grave and he lives forever. He is forever a priest. He is always interceding for you. You are always every moment rescued and redeemed and loved and approved because he lives forever. That's about the best news I can give you today and any day. Here's the phrase I came up with. Our forgiveness was secured at the cross. But it was secured forever. At the empty tomb. It's what it is. Secured at the cross, but secured forever at the empty tomb. If he just died, he'd be like every other priest. But because he lives forever, his priestly ministry never, ever, ever ends. So then he gives a summary in these last few verses and here's what he mentions in verses 26 through 27. He mentions Jesus is greater than the Levitical priests, and and that's what he says. You know, this high priest truly meets our need. He's holy, he's blameless, he's pure, he's set apart from sinners exalted above the heavens. Notice, unlike the other high priests, he doesn't need to offer sacrifices day after day for his own sins. And for the sins of the people, he sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. So he's higher than the Levitical priest. So he's summarizing all of his arguments. Then, verse 28, he's greater than the law. That was the second argument he gave. And that's what he says in verse 28 For the law appoints as high priests men in all their weakness. But the oath which came after the law appointed the son. So he's greater than the law. He was appointed by oath of God. And then he's greater than death. It's what he mentions at the very end of verse 28. Who has been made perfect forever. Forever. He's greater than death. He has sealed it all when he rose from the dead on resurrection day. That's Hebrews 7. That's the great doctrine and teaching that folks we are secure because of Jesus Christ because of his everlasting life because he defeated death and conquered the grave at the empty tomb now let's talk about this for a moment let's chat about this for our last few seconds together because there's a real important phrase that we need to grasp He saves completely he saves forever he saves every moment but there's a qualifying phrase and you need to grab this and I need to grab this today and if you're online man you need to you need to focus in on this this phrase makes all the difference in the world He says he saves completely. Listen to this. Those who come to God through him. You catch that? You need to come to God through him. It's not just a universal universal thing if you live therefore you're forgiven. You need to come God through Jesus Christ. That's the qualifying phrase in verse 25. Some people try to come through God through other means. I'm going to come to God through myself. I think I'm good enough. I think I can make it. Some people still think they can come to God through a priest. That priest will get me there. If I talk to them and they talk to God for me, I think I can make it. Or through their heritage. You know, my family bloodline, they, they all have been strong Christians. Or through beads or through rituals or through candles or through church or through a cathedral or through communion that's how I'm gonna get to God But the phrase that we're given in Hebrews 7 is he saves completely those who come to God through him through Jesus Now imagine if your standing with God depended on me, on my life, like I'm going to try to get to God through Brian. I'm going to give you four words, you in big trouble, okay? I need Jesus just as much as you do, folks. I'm coming to God through Jesus Christ. I believe his sacrifice on the cross. He's my sacrifice for my sin. He's my priest that lives forever to intercede before God on my behalf. He's my king that I'm going to follow. I'm coming to God through Jesus alone. I saw this, um, in fact, our staff brought it up at a staff meeting. I'm going to pop it up on the screen for you. It's an article that was in the um, Up North Live. It was in um, Dearborn, Michigan. Check this out. I don't know if you can see the headline well it says parishioner sacraments in limbo after invalid priest baptism basically the article went on to share how the priests baptism was questionable and therefore everyone that they gave sacraments to were in question also I don't know if you know what those sacraments are they they supposedly give grace to someone to get close to God so people trying to get close to God through that priest because his baptism was in question all of a sudden it was all in question It was all up in the air so imagine this Someone whom he gave last rites to. Someone whom he gave communion to. Here's the worst one yet. Someone whom he married. What happened there? We don't even want to go there. Um, Some child whom he baptized. Who then passed. if we trust in anyone or anything else besides Jesus Christ, if we try to get to God through anyone else or anything else besides Jesus, it will fail. Imagine if we preached forgiveness for a day Come back tomorrow and we'll do another forgiveness for a day. It's not going to work. Jesus offers forgiveness forever. And so I encourage you, if you've never put your eternal trust in Jesus, you know, I'm not going to trust myself. I'm not trusting a priest. I'm not trusting That anything else will get me into heaven. My rituals, my bloodline, anything. Only Jesus Christ. That he died for me. That he rose again. If you've not believed that and put your trust in that, I want to say, do it. Do it today. Give your heart and life to him. Pray that to him. And if you have, then I'm going to say, friend, take comfort and take security. There is not a moment you're not forgiven. There's not a moment that you're not loved. There's not a moment that you're not accepted by God. In your hardest time, in your challenging world, in your biggest mistake, You say, Pastor, how can God love me in my time of my biggest mistake? And I'll tell you why. Because you didn't come to God by yourself. You came to God through Jesus Christ. And so your mistake is forgiven by Jesus Christ. You came by Him. Could we just, where we're at, Just take a moment. And if you believe Jesus, in your heart, I want you to thank him. Thank him for being your sacrifice, your priest who saves you every moment. And if you're someone who needs to solidify that in your heart, You cry out to him and say, Jesus, I know that I need to come to God through you. I believe you died for me. I believe you live for me. I believe my sins are forgiven through you. Forgive me. Make me your child. I give my life to you. How about you pray while i pray and then we'll finish together father in the name of jesus our priest our king our sacrifice we come to you thank you god that he saves completely forever those who come through him to you god thank you for the security for the peace, that our salvation, our rescue is not bound in ourselves or in a church or in another person. It's only found in Jesus. God, may that be the trademark of our lives in Christ alone. May we live it, may we claim it. May we share it with others. Thank you for this special gift of Jesus. And in his name we pray, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and all of East Bay Calvary said, amen, amen. Hey, God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Make sure to check out TC Cares on your way out. And uh, I know we'll need to scooch out of here pretty quick because our cleanup crew comes through here. Have a great one. Hang out back there in the foyer or outside if you'd like. I'll see you out there in just a couple minutes. God bless.